Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. We have no idea what it feels like to really feel good. In fact, six out of 10 adults are suffering from chronic disease, and four out of those 10 have multiple chronic diseases, things like diabetes, obesity, heart disease, and even cancer. Learn how to remove chronic disease today in our virtual summit. You're going to learn what is the current health of our nation, physically, mentally, spiritually. You're going to learn how to create a healing environment within your body, learning all the different modalities shared by our experts, and you're going to hear stories of rejuvenation. Take the first step today and register for free. You'll hear from speakers like Belden Combe, who's a metabolic cellular biologist who knows exactly how the body works. Dr. Al Dannenberg, who practiced as a periodontist for over 44 years and is a certified primal health care coach, and Chantel Ray from Waste Away the Chantel Ray Way and learning how intermittent fasting can heal our body. I promise you this, when you attend our summit, you're going to get your toolbox full and you'll know how to implement these practices step by step so that you can find your rejuvenated health and get your story. Register now for free for the Restore, Renew, Rejuvenate Summit at amycarlson.com or click the link in the show notes. All right, and welcome back to the show. You know, we are blessed with a really special guest today. Um, We've got with us Ryan White. Now, Ryan is a gentleman who really struggled most of his adult life or uh, childhood life growing up with his weight. Um, He knew that, you know, he was overweight. He just didn't have a reason or, or a way to really uh, get in in control of it until he discovered martial arts at the age of 19. From there, he became an MMA fighter, professional fighter. Now, I had no idea what this was, so I had to go look up some videos. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> those were fun to watch. And um, <laughs> he is now a fitness coach. He helps people um, with not only working out but and, and diet and nutrition, but it's all about the mind mindset around, you know, the relationship we have with food, the relationship we have with our bodies. And he's also a um, co-host for the podcast, The 10-Year Blue Belt, which is a really fun podcast if you haven't listened to that. And his newest project that we're really going to dive in today is he is an author. His book actually launches tomorrow. So we are going to be posting up the links of how you can get yourself on that. And it's called Getting Off the Roller Coaster, A Beginner's Guide to Nutrition, Fitness, and the Mindset for Losing Weight, uh, or for Lasting, excuse me, for Lasting Weight Loss. Oh, boy. Sorry about that, Ryan. I butchered the title of your book, but we're so glad <laughs> to have you here, Ryan. Thank you so yeah. much. Well, oh, my pleasure. And it, it was the subtitle, so it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's whole, that's awful. So so not professional. I want to start our. I want to start and really make this a journey for our audience because 
you know, all of us that are in the space that we're trying to help others have a healthier lifestyle, we really got to this place because of our own personal journey. So I'd like it if you can take us all on that, that journey, uh, you know, what you went through. So like what you were saying in that intro, I mean, for me, like, you know, I always knew I was kind of unhealthy, you know, and I was like a generally unhappy kid, you know, as, as the kids often are, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, didn't, I didn't really want anything too. So I didn't have any reason to change. Like, you know, I, cause I knew, you know, and my general sense of value is pretty low or okay. self value. And so it's like, so it gets to the point where you don't necessarily feel like you deserve better. And so that, that leaves no catalyst to want to actually do something in right. change like the bad circumstances you're in. And so, you know, I just kind of accepted it. I was like, okay, well, I guess that's my lot. And, but then, yeah, so I, I discovered MMA and that, that really sort of changed things for me because for the first time I actually kind of wanted something like mm-hmm. I actually ended up wanting it really badly because I just enjoyed it. And um, cause even though like I wasn't, into sports or anything like that growing up i was always more of the let's do drugs and play music kind of guy <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. and um it, you know it it really resonated with me because i had i had always really liked martial arts i mean you know i'm a, an avid like comic book geek and if it's good enough for batman it's good enough for me mm-hmm. <laughs> good right. and so and so getting into that i mean it really is kind of a baptism under fire Right. Where, you know, you have to, you know, you have to make those changes. And even if, even if I didn't want to fight, if I wanted to continue training, like at the gym, I'm, I'm still at, mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't make the changes I needed to, then I was going to get hurt probably really badly. Because, you know, I need to be able to move. I need to be able to be strong and be flexible and be limber. And I was none of those things. Well, now, <laughs> hang on. I want to stop you just a minute because I had to look up what MMA was because I had no idea. That's not in my, you know, little world. Tell us, you know, what this style of, of fighting is because it's intense. So if so, anybody who like uh, knows what the UFC is, that's like the NFL of my sport and I was never like good enough to fight there okay. but um but that's the like the most popular like brand of you know of, of mixed martial arts but yeah but generally it's you know the 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 common sort of explanation is that the mix of everything you know where you you'll have guys who box they do submission wrestling they do like wrestling like you would see in like high school or college um mm-hmm. there's a lot of kickboxing and um and you can blend and there's even like some fun like karate fighters and stuff like that so it's really a good opportunity to see like a lot of cool crap that you don't usually see in, you know, in um, in just something like boxing or or some of the more narrow combat sports. And so like the rule set is narrow enough where you're able to play around and be innovative. And there's a huge creativity component to it, especially since the sport is relatively young because it only... The first UFC was in 1993, and at that point, it was literally like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, because it was just an open tournament, there were no rules, no weight classes, you could wear whatever, and you had a representative of every martial arts style they wanted, and they just sort of fought. (laughs) You know, I mean, the referee famously couldn't even stop the fights if he wanted to. I don't really know what the referee's function was at that point. (laughs) Well, (laughs) these are like your caged in, you know, fights. And and I I was like, holy buckets, that's that's so you've got to learn 
you talk about the creativity, um, but you also have to learn a lot of styles. You have to learn a lot of offense and defense to, you know, because you're not just getting boxed at, you know, to protect your body from that. You got to protect it from kicking and, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. And I've always had, and I've had a coach, my main coach, um, Bill Mahoney is, Mm -hmm. you know, he's always had a teaching style that really encourages the cultivation of that creativity because he, he almost sort of leaves it to the Socratic method where he'll let you, you know, he'll give you a couple techniques to practice, but then you kind of figure it out. We do a lot of live work. So it's a lot of wrestling. We'll do a lot of like sparring where you're sort of like practice fighting with each other. Right. You know, whereas a lot of, whereas a lot of gyms are generally very regimented. They know what you want. They would know what techniques they want you to use. They know what style they want you to use and that's sort of their way. Whereas, right. me, whereas you take any four guys from my team and they're all wildly different. Right. And so it, it's fun seeing like, yeah, just that creativity, that innovation. We, right. We've had some really good guys come out of my gym. So it can kind of be based upon your, your, your strength, you know, your exactly. aptitude and what's you're good at. Exactly. So for instance, like I'm five foot eight, you know, they're not going to teach me to fight like somebody who's long and tall. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so like all my fights where I would use like my punches and kicks to get up against the fence, take them down, and then usually elbow them a bunch of times. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Uh, I I couldn't even watch the whole, you know, fights. I was just like, wow, I was blown away. But what I I mean, you know, you want to talk about now having this reason and purpose for really, Mm -hmm. you know, setting your worth is really what you Mm -hmm. were doing, right? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, in hindsight, now that it's been a few years since I've actually competitively fought, like I'll still do like grappling competitions, which is just like the wrestling piece, but there's no striking, but I haven't actually fought for probably five years. Mm-hmm. But looking back on that, and this is a big part of what inspired me to write the book because I've had huge fluctuations of my weight because it used to be that the fight was my only reason for losing. Like right. it still wasn't about me. Right. It was about, you know, the, it was about, well, I signed a contract and I'm going to weigh 170 pounds in eight weeks. So I'm going to weigh 170 pounds. Right. And, um, and so, you know, so I'd have like these huge fluctuations and, you know, cause there were a couple of times where I kind of stepped away from competing and I noticed I'd put on like 70 pounds, like it would be ridiculous. Like, wow, you yeah. know, I'd go from walk, yeah, I'd go from walking around at about 180, 185 to about 255. Wow. And so, um, you know, and so that, and that was ultimately what made me realize I, I should probably take a break mm. was I remember having a conversation with my coach. And be like, I've noticed that this is like the only reason why I'm ever actually like willing to take care of myself. And so I need to probably take a look at that. He agreed that, uh, and, you know, and so then it took a lot of introspection and I ultimately, you know, it resulted in me like hooking up with an NLP coach. So that's neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. And he, he kind of ended up helping me, you know, sort of create some healthier habits and sort of get on the right path to, you know, to keep it off. Right. And so like, I'm still not at my competition weight, but I'm not the, I'm not morbidly obese either. Obese either. I love that you worked with an NLP coach because I do too. And, you know, for me, and I'll ask you, you know, if this is for you too, it's, it's simply getting to what is the original story, mm-hmm. you know, finding what's that original story. Oh, exactly. And because I mean, and that's the thing, we have stories that we tell ourselves about everything. 
And a lot of times it's from when we were very young. (laughs) Yes. It it can be an event that we even thought was largely innocuous. And, but that created this persistent narrative that ends up, you know, governing many of your decisions. And, you know, and, you know, so many of the choices we make are kind of on autopilot and we don't even realize it. We don't, we don't. I, I have, I, you know, since I started working with the NLP coach, it's like, oh, holy crud, that's a trigger, you know? And okay, well, now where, where's the original story coming from? But, but I like that it's not just always the bad, you know, you can't mm-hmm. go back and blame someone else for the bad in the original story, because if you blame them for the bad, you also got to blame them for the good, you know? And I love that, you know, piece of it. Oh, um, I, I agree. I, mean, I know that's a big, like, Tony Robbins piece, too. He, yeah. he says that a lot. And it's true. I mean, it's like, because if nothing else, like, if it's a bad relationship, uh, you know, not so great parent or something like that, you know, it's like, if nothing else, they taught you what you don't want, but you're not going to accept, and, it, you know, and that's good, too. That has value. So you, so you stepped away from the fighting so that you could really look inside, you know, and figure out, okay, wait a minute. The only reason I'm losing weight and getting healthy is, is because of, of a contract. Um, exactly. And, okay. and I did a bad job of that for a while. <laughs> Basically, so, so within like a year of stopping uh, competing, I ended up um, signing on to run a gym with a couple friends of mine. And then I kind of got lost in that and the stress of it because I'm very much kind of like an all or nothing person, which has been <laughs> which has been a narrative that's unfortunately um, you know been yeah. a big part of my life. And I mean, like that was very stressful. I mean, I, I am not running that gym now, and that didn't uh, that unfortunately didn't end the way any of us wanted it to. Right. And, but, and so, like during that time, you know, triggered some you know old unhealthy narratives. Mm-hmm. And but then like I kind of had like a rock bottom moment, and that was what ultimately caused me to really like look to um to other people. Unfortunately, like so my NLP my my NLP coach is a is a training partner of mine at one of the gyms I, I train at. Who he he worked with a coach. He loved it. They wanted to become one himself, and so he let me be, kind of be his guinea pig. I, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. So, um, so you started taking a look at, you know, these, these narratives and issues that were going on. What would you say were kind of maybe some of the, like the three solid building points of going forward that really got you set on the right path? Um, so for me, the biggest one was just identifying what food did for me. Because most of the time when people, um, you know, when people have an eating issue of any kind, you know, because these are all all about behavior problems. They're Mm -hmm. not knowledge ones. Like, you know, you shouldn't eat pizza, but you still do. And, you know, that's why with with all my clients, I try to ask them, no, why'd you do that? And oftentimes they can't tell me or it'll just be something superficial like, oh, it was good or whatever. Mm -hmm. So for me, I realized that I had a deep association with, um, you know, with food and comfort, like there was a huge um, comparison there. And so then it was just about finding an, an alternative way to satisfy that. Right. And, um, you know, because once you realize that it's like, okay, I'm not doing this just because I'm hungry. Right. You know, it's like, then that, that's when you can start looking for alternatives. But right. that's why I'm a huge proponent of people journaling. And I, and I would put that as another pillar. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. as I try, I have a daily journal practice, journaling mm-hmm. practice that, um, that really helped sort of illuminate a lot of stuff for me. Right. You know, because, you know, like I said, I mean, so much of our stuff is buried 
you know, mm-hmm. underneath a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> and, and a lot of people couldn't tell you why they do half the things that they do. And so one of the things that I've tried to sort of live my life by, at least over the past year or two, is I'm not going to do anything that I can't tell you why and have like a good reason. <laughs> I love that. That's a great, you know, tip. I'm a huge journaler as well. And I remember when I first started journaling, I, I couldn't, I, I mean, they're like a sentence or two, you know, mm-hmm. now, and now that's expanded, you know, to, uh, you know, it's pages and paragraphs and, and all of that. But you you will start, you know, getting things out there on paper and, and that then you can start visually seeing, you know, what is going on up there. Exactly. As long as you keep yourself open to the process, because a lot of times, you know, this is kind of a, you know, defense mechanism. People shut themselves off from it because part of it is it is just uncomfortable to, um, you know, to really have real change. It's like that physically or mentally, you know, people don't understand, you know, like one thing that like a lot of people like don't get is like lifting weights doesn't make you stronger. It actually destroys your muscles and they get stronger when they heal. Right. And, you know, healing mentally or slash emotionally, it's the same way. It's like, you know, you have to go through that discomfort and that's how you end up getting better and stronger, more resilient. That is a great analogy. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that before that, you know, that and that's so true. Um, oh, that's great. OK, so yeah. the journaling was one of the things in recognizing the relationship that you had with food. Um, yes. Yeah. What else helped get you on that? Um, honestly, I would say the biggest, the, the like third biggest thing is just making sure I'm surrounding myself with the right people, Yeah, you know, cause like when you're talking about any behavior, if you, that you're looking to change, if you surround yourself with people who are looking to reinforce that behavior, it's never going to change, right. you know? And so if I just hung out with people who wanted to go out, get food, get, you know, get drinks or whatever, then that was likely what I was going to do. And so instead I started spending more time around the people who were doing the things I wanted to do. And then what happens is you generally just start picking it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So then after, so getting, you know, taking the time to really kind of get to know yourself and look inward. Um, I believe our answers are always inside of us. If we're mm-hmm. willing to look at that, then you, you, that's, is that when you got into becoming the, um, you know, the fitness coach and working with people? So I had actually been a fitness coach soon after I started fighting. Okay. Basically, I, you know, I knew how long I had. Uh, you know, I knew how big of a task I had because I ultimately to fight my, that first time, I ended up losing over 100 pounds. Wow. And so, and so I wanted a job that was going to keep me in the gym because wow. I also too, like I'm a bad employee. Like I don't take the, I don't take orders very well. I have issues being told what to do and that, that, that'll be something to deal with later. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so like, and so I liked, you know, kind of having jobs where I could kind of set my own schedule, do my own thing. And nothing you know, wrong I, with that. You've identified your strengths and weaknesses. That's a good <laughs> thing. Exactly. It's like, but, uh, but, uh, you know, but prior to really sort of having the epiphany on how important the inner stuff is. Right. You know, I, I was, I was just sort of like your standard, like probably a middle of the road trainer. <laughs> you, know, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like I know plenty who are better than me. I know plenty who are worse. Right. It's like, but then, you know, I really found my niche in the behavior change aspect. And that's, you know, because that was what I needed the most. That's often how our niches work. It's, you know, you end up serving who you used to be. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And so do you spend a lot of time talking about this mindset work in your book? 
Uh, yes, there is a good amount. And that's okay. probably the one of the biggest things that differentiates it's, um, this book from a lot of the other like um, nutrition slash exercise ones I see on the market. Because okay. generally it's just, okay, here's a diet plan. This is, how, this is why it works. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, this is an exercise plan. This is how it works. That's great. But those are just tactics. You know, right. tactics without the, uh, without the foundation of that inner work, they're just not going to last. I love that. So tell us, you know, who do you look to to be the per- person who's going to want to find your book and, and purchase it? What are we going to learn if we read, read on the getting off the, ro- the uh, roller coaster? So, I mean, I would say this, you know, so it is a shorter, quicker read because I don't want, I wasn't looking love to write it. a book. Love it. And yes. this is lar- largely just for anybody who has been struggling with it, but it is sort of aimed at beginners. So I'm not, so I don't throw a lot of, um, you know, a lot of clinical jargon at you or anything like that. Okay. And, um, and I would say it's just for anybody who's, you know, try, you know, who's done keto for two months and it worked, but then they gained it all back or they did went vegan for a while, or just, you know, if you're sick of trying all the fad crap, that everybody tries to sell you. And unfortunately, that's a lot of what my industry is. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, then I would say you'll, you'll get some value out of it. Yeah. If you're frustrated with where you're at and you're ready to try something new, this is the book it, it, for exactly. you. Exactly. You know, right. I, I think there'll at least be something in it for you. All right. And tell the, tell the listeners how, because your book launches tomorrow. Tell us what we need to do to be a part of that book launch. So it is going to be on Amazon exclusively. Mm-hmm. I will be provide, you know, I'll be putting links everywhere. So on my, you know, like on my Instagram, I'm Ryan the Great White 85. Ryan the Great White. Let's get this in here. 85? Yep. And then, um, or my business page, Ryan White Fitness. Yep. And, and you'll, have the, you'll have the, the links to it. And so we can look you up on RyanWhiteFitness.com. Um, yes, or, or better yet, just go to the Facebook page. That's probably a bit easier. Okay, and what, what's the Facebook under? It's Ryan White Fitness. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to have you launch the book. So Ryan is a fellow author that was in, uh, we both took uh, the 14 week bestselling uh, course together where we learned how to write the book and market the book and get it out in um, bestseller mode. And um, this is how we met. I was going through this group and, and we were actually supposed to be accountability partners. And I, and I'm using um, uh, quotations here because I think we talked once through yeah, the, whole, the, the whole process, but I'm so excited for your book to release tomorrow. I'm so excited for all the work that you are doing and you're in the, are you Massachusetts area? What part of Massachusetts are you in? So I actually live right in Boston. You're right in Boston. So if you are in Boston, um, this would be a great guy to hook up with and um, and and use for a fitness coach because, you know, it, it's the nutrition, it's the exercise, and it's the mindset work. And that's all part of living that toxin-free lifestyle. Ryan, I'm going to give you final thoughts here and um, tell our listeners, what, you know, what's what's in your heart. Oh, man, that's a, that, that's, that's a big one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would ju- I would just say, you know, because I, what I see from a lot of people is that they're generally very frustrated with how things are going because like, you know, maybe they tried something and they failed. Listen with anything. Yeah. But you're really just one good step in the right direction away from being back on track. 
And that's, I think, one of the most important things for people to, you know, sort of hold on to. Because I, f- I find that we're generally, and I know I've certainly been guilty of this, very pass-fail. Like, I'm either doing something right or I'm doing something wrong. But it's super easy to course correct. You just have to be patient, be diligent, and keep going for it. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me up. You bet. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.